Hello and welcome to HipCast, the podcast here to improve hip fracture care. My name is Dr. Neve Ramsey from the Australian and New Zealand Hip Fracture Registry. In today's podcast based on the 2020 HipFest lecture series, we will be hearing about how improving time to surgery can improve overall hip fracture care outcomes. To lead this discussion, I would like to introduce you to Professor Ian Harris, an orthopaedic surgeon at New South Wales Liverpool Hospital and co-chair of the Australian and New Zealand Hip Fracture Registry. I would also like to introduce you to Dr. Sakib Zafar, an orthopaedic surgeon at New South Wales Nepean Hospital. Okay, welcome everybody. Uh, my name's uh, Ian Harris and um, I'm pleased to bring uh, to you today Sakib Zafar, um, who did some excellent work with a team at Nepean Hospital in Sydney's West. Now, Nepean's a fairly large hospital, does a lot of hip fracture work, and uh, Sakib's going to tell us about some work that they did there over the last few years to improve their care, in particular their time to theatre. So just as an introduction, Sakib, can you tell us a bit about uh, who you are and your role at Nepean Hospital? Morning, Ian. Thank you very much for giving me this uh, opportunity. Uh, I have just finished my orthopedic training program with the Australian Orthopedic Association and passed uh, my fellowship with the Royal College. Um, my last term as a trainee registrar was at Nepean Hospital, where I was the senior registrar. And uh, currently I am working as the clinical fellow at Prince of Wales Hospital and the locum consultant at Wollongong. Uh, during, my right. during my placement yep. at Nepean Hospital, uh, I was entrusted with this task uh, to participate in the hip fracture group uh, to look at the various aspects of uh, how to improve uh, the quality of care, particularly time to surgery. And uh, I was okay. working uh, with close collaboration yeah. with all the specialities. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, what triggered this uh, movement at Nepean to improve the care of hip fractures? What was the background to it? So in 2018, uh, there was a statewide audit undertaken uh, to look at the management of the hip fractures across the public hospitals. And, uh, the, and every hospital was given a summary of qualitative data. Focusing on four domains, and time to surgery was one of the domain uh, which uh, the Nepean Hospital was uh, underperforming as compared to the New South Wales Hospital. The thing was that one in five or 20% of the people were not operated within 48 hours, which is an accepted international standard of care for these hip fracture patients. So, um, okay. this well, that, maybe if you just now, oh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, can you can you tell us a bit about the the uh, team that you brought together? Yeah. So this report uh, was actually shared and discussed uh, through um, what we call as leading better value care program lead and uh, the representative from the. Uh, Agency of Clinical Innovation, and uh, we uh, created a working group, which were the uh, which was led by Dr. Anita Sharma, who was the head of medical division and head of aged uh, care, and it included multidisciplinary members from 
uh, orthopedic surgery, which was led by one of the consultants, Dr. Eli Olichensky, myself. Uh, there was uh, a representation from the anesthetic department, the emergency department, and uh, on top of it, we had a quite significant support from our allied health, which include physiotherapists, nurse managers, and also from the uh, hip fracture registry, as well as from the uh, leading Better Value Care program lead, which was Jackie Hampton. So it was a quite a comprehensive and diverse uh, team which was comprising of not only the clinical, but the administration uh, staff, which was involved in the care of these patients. Okay. Um, that's uh, excellent that you brought the administration along as well as the clinicians. Um, my next question was... Tell me that was um, the hardest thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my next question was, was uh, what specific changes did you actually introduce? What, what changes did you make uh, as a result of this? Yeah, so um, I think this, um, the first thing we decided before we went into specific changes was that this group was meeting once a month. And uh, right. we had a few resources available to us. And I think uh, it is important to identify those resources because that led to that changes. The important thing is that we utilized our available resources without adding any extra cost or manpower to it. Uh, we used the hip registry data, which was available, uh, to identify the areas which required improvement. We also discussed the various barriers uh, which uh, causing this delay to time to surgery. And our job was to provide an evidence-based clinical practice input in planning. And that was created, uh, established through effective engagement and communications. Now, coming specifically to what we uh, did was that the first thing what we realized was that the, the data collection was not robust. And the data which was appearing on the HIP registry was actually not entirely reflecting the ground reality. So the, the, what the first and foremost thing we did was that we improved our processes of collecting the data and then registering them to the HIP registry. Orthopedic department took its own internal initiative to collect an additional data, which is particularly focusing on the reasons for delay in surgery. We, that uh, robust collection of data helped us to highlight the poor performing areas. And then that was fed back to the specialities involved in the care of these patients through enhanced communication. And we encouraged the discussion in local departmental uh, education and training meetings. And then we continued doing a regular audit of the practice to see whether any changes are made. Uh, I have to give credit to the um, Nepean Hospital administration here that Nepean Hospital has got some inherent strengths to uh, its operating department uh, when you compare it to the other hospital. It has got a dedicated seven days trauma list, which runs throughout the year, which is ju just for the orthopedic patients. The other thing I've noticed in that hospital is that, that while booking emergency cases, there is no 72-hour category. So the cases can only be booked under 24-hour category. And once the case is not done in 24, it is locked as a breach and then is uh, fed back in the audit uh, process. The Orthopedic department in the PN is quite well staffed. In addition to the consultant support, there is a trauma fellow, 
there are three trainee registrars and four to five non-trainee registrars. Through this effective communication and repeated feedback to the departments, we created a change in the culture, where is that we were not accepting 48 hours as our target limit for these patients to go to surgery. Rather, we were aiming for under 24 hours as standard of care. So we just raised the bar of the, stand, the standard and so that the acceptable standard is automatically met. They are pretty efficient in the starting of our operating list. Uh, patients were sent sharply at 7.30 and the procedural start was exactly at 8 a.m. Because these patients were booked under 24 hours category and because there was a worry among the management that they can potentially breach. So if there is any other lists are available which were underfilled or finishing early, HIP patients were priority on those cases. We have a registrar which was almost available round the clock on site that facilitated uh, the early and assessment of these patients in emergency department, even if they're presenting out of hours or early in the morning. And an early anesthetic review was sorted and there was an enhanced communication with duty anesthetist who was also cooperating in the fact that these patients should get to surgery as soon as possible. The other benefit- so Can I? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just to interrupt you there, because uh, the, you've got orthopedic and geriatric registrar. So did you have a geriatric uh, registrar seeing them uh, in the emergency department or seeing them as soon as they arrived? Uh, the geriatric registrars normally see those patients uh, during, the, um, during working hours. However, out of hours, we utilize the services of the medical registrar who was in contact with uh -huh. the Department of Medicine and things well. So there was, uh, the aim was to get a comprehensive medical review, which was either medical through a med or through a jerry reg. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, go on. Then the other thing we had is that we had a, same, a cohort of um, anesthetists who had special interest in trauma patients, particularly in hip fracture patients. And I must uh, thank them that uh, that facilitated the safe and early operation of patients who were not medically very well. And that, again, uh, they, that was based on the fact that we were minimizing the need of any investigations which would likely not to have a significant impact on their anesthetist and post-operative recovery. Overall, prioritization of the hip fracture cases was, uh, I think, uh, for everyone, in not only the surgical department, but the medical department, anesthetic department, and also the administration staff. Wow, that's a real, a real culture change, yeah. Uh, but getting people who are keen, so getting, getting you know, anesthetic people who are keen on hip fractures, that kind of thing, seems really important. So I'm thankful to all the members of the team which made themselves available, but we had uh, more flexible arrangements as well, like we were willing to arrange meetings outside business hours. We also um, had a virtual platform uh, like we used a uh, couple of weeks ago. And also, even if there was no, uh, some members who were not present, there was a proper written feedback given to them. So timing is one as well. And it took us a long time to bring this change. It didn't happen overnight. It took us almost, almost two years. Then the other limitation was that we had, although we had enough resources, but still like we have to manage this within the resources available. So we were not requesting for any extra uh, theater lists, 
uh, we were not requesting any um, extra anesthetists around day one, so we have to work within those resources. But all we did was that we managed those resources for, as I said, utilization of the theater time, early start, reduced turnaround time. Uh, there was a plan from the anesthetic departments that which patients will require what type of anesthetics in advance, so there was no delay. We also make sure that the surgical staff was also available, even if at a short notice, uh, so that uh, as if an opportunity arises on another list, these patients could be prioritized. The other thing what I realized was that there are conflicting priorities of different specialties. ED is mostly concerned about disposing of these patients to wards within four hours. Anesthetists have their priority to deliver safe anesthetics, and they wanted to get old notes available, uh, some investigations, sometimes out of hours echoes were there. Uh, so we have to coordinate with these specialities in a very effective way. Uh, but discussing these priorities in a multidisciplinary environment where the representatives were available, it was a very good experience to share the needs as well as an inverted commas, I say the frustrations of the other end as well. And a common plan or a pathway was agreed upon and most of the people who are working those specialties adhere to that. And one thing which right. came up with this one, that these novel anticoagulants agents, like such as Apixaban and Rivaroxaban, they caused a delay for some of our cases. And I must say that uh, things are working in the, we are, are working on with Westmead Hospital Hematology Department to design the guidelines uh, to address these novel anticoagulants agents that when will be the safe period for them to be operated on. And hopefully we'll get the answer yeah. really soon. So far, we've heard how Nepean Hospital arranged a comprehensive and diverse administrative and clinical team to identify the reasons for delayed surgery and enact a cultural change to raise the bar of aspired standards for hip fracture care. While this has resulted in impressive and clinical improvements, it was not without its challenges, as Dr. Zafar will continue to explain. You know, orthopedic surgeons, we are very simple people. We look at simple figures. So this is yeah. just exactly a year down the line when this initiative started. And as you can see that the median or the or let's say average or median time as well from their time in emergency department, time to surgery, uh, length of stay in hospital and total um, uh, acute length of stay and the total length of stay, they improved significantly over a period of 12 months. However, coming specifically to the uh, timing to surgery and from June 2019 the onwards, the timing to surgery shows a very stable downward shift uh, to uh, almost half. If you can see, like uh, in April 19, it was up to 51 uh, hours and it was down to 20 hours. Although I haven't got yeah. the data on the screen available, but between November 2019 and January, almost uh, 95 to 96% of our patients were operated within 48 hours and more than half of them were almost all 60% of them were within 24 hours. And the rest, which were delayed two to 3%, they were out because of novel anticoagulants agents or patient was too unwell to have surgery. Unavoidable. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, this is excellent. And put, plotting it out like that, you know, we can see uh, that there's a difference. And I think that, I guess, probably takes me to the last point. I mean, I was going to ask you about how the hip fracture registry was involved in this, but you've already shown how that was your, um, you know, this is where you got the data from. 
Um, this is how you monitored things. But the big question that people often have when hospitals have been able to make changes like this is how do you sustain this change? How does it get maintained over time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a very important question. And uh, first of all, coming to the role of the New Zealand hip fracture registry. So we found it as a very helpful uh, instrument in improving the quality of care for these hip fracture patients. Uh, first of all, the database is, gives us an excellent benchmark against we can com uh, compare ourselves to other hospitals. Other hospitals. Yeah. And not only in Australia, but across in New Zealand. So you're looking at the whole uh, Australasian region. The second thing was that we utilized uh, quite a bit of the Joint Registry's evidence-based practice resources uh, to bring those changes in our hospital. And uh, the and the I think one other important role which I personally feel that joint registry is very instrumental is in tracking changes and then monitoring the ongoing performance and progress. Which I probably come to your next question, which was sustainability, because I think the monitoring of the performance and these changes is a key factor to sustain any change. In the initial phase, we wanted people to drive the process, but now we have created a culture where the process will drive the people, which means only on the, all the new coming orthopedic registrars, ED registrars, emergency registrars, uh, anesthetic registrars, they will all follow this process and they will aim for that high target. And so it is important for us that this group continues to meet, monitor the data, monitor the patient's experience, and also discuss any issues in a multidisciplinary approach, which is centered around the patient. And probably in a way that we have, this group has to provide a strong governance to keep everyone accountable. And I think through that process, we can sustain this change. This is fantastic. So, Sakib, you use the registry data to identify a problem. You've put together a multidisciplinary team of people who are keen. You've changed the culture within the institution. You've, you've shown, uh, you know, using data how this can create change. And your final message, I think, is that continued measurement is, uh, is important for sustaining that change. Thank you to both Prof Harris and Dr Safar for sharing the success of Nepean Hospital in improving time to surgery and hip fracture outcomes. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Find the lecture version of this talk at www.anzhfr.org and stay tuned for further HipCast episodes. The Australian and New Zealand Hip Fracture Registry would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians of this land that we are based on, and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.